you with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I know. I know what you guys are thinking. Faraz wasn't going to show up today. He wasn't going to show up because the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what? My tears have flowed. I have none left. So I had nothing else to do but to come and record this podcast. Aaron Rodgers is done for the year with an Achilles injury. I thought about just burning all of my Jets jerseys. I thought about it. But I decided <laughs> you to won the game. The Jets won the game. <laughs> you Welcome the back Jets to the Upper Hand Fantasy <laughs> Podcast, everybody. This is Faraz here with Zach. Um, you know, the Jets coming into this year, for me personally, was they were a Super Bowl contender. And as a Jets fan, we are never optimistic going into a season. We're usually pessimistic. But, you know, you saw how the defense played last night, Zach. Lights yeah. out. Lights out. If Aaron Rodgers was on the field, I mean, we could have blew the Bills out the water. Yeah. And yeah. we would have won the Super Bowl. We would have. It would have been the Jets versus the Dallas Cowboys in the Super that Bowl. That would have been sick. Now, it I'm not going to get ahead of have have myself. Say the Cowboys would have made it. But the Jets' defense is real. All right. Josh Allen looks stupid. We never <laughs> see that. Like, he looks stupid. Like, did you see some of the plays he was running? And Dude, what he was doing? Jumping into your linebackers. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I just want to describe what the mood was like at the stadium. First of all, the tailgate, people were so excited for this game. Like, it, the energy was unreal. You get into the stadium, like, they're handing out these wristbands. There's, there's just green lights everywhere. They, they, you know, I don't know if you saw, if you watch Monday Night Football, you saw the Aaron Rodgers entrance. Man, like that just yeah. gave you goosebumps, man. When he was walking out with the, with the, with the spotlight on him, you know, American with the American flag, flag on nine eleven, dude, it was so crazy. And, um, you know, the, the energy was just nuts. Then three plays into the game, four plays into the game, whatever it was. You know, he gets hurt. Oh, my goodness. The energy, uh, you know, in that stadium is just like, you can hear a pin drop, dude. It was it was crazy. Um, then, you know, the Jets started playing well. You know, third quarter, fourth quarter, got excited again. Overtime, obviously, the the walk-off win in overtime, punt return. That was awesome. So uh, the energy definitely returned, for sure. People were happy. But at the end of the day, in the back of, in the back of everyone's mind as a Jets fan, you know that you won the battle, but you lost the war. I don't want to just hang up the white flag and just say that this is it for the Jets. One, because Dallas plays Jets next week. Two, because you can't count out the entire season. But we've seen Zach Wilson. He didn't look much different than he did last year. You know, you think maybe oh, maybe Aaron Rodgers imparted some knowledge <laughs> and Zach Wilson is suddenly going to come out and look like a different guy. But he looked pretty much the same. You know, it's one game, small sample size, but... We've seen Zach Wilson before. I feel terrible for Aaron Rodgers because could you imagine? I mean, you can because you're a Jets fan. All of the buildup to this one day, and it all comes crashing down immediately. He didn't throw. He didn't have a completion. There's nothing on record for Aaron Rodgers. It never happened. This is like one of the biggest what ifs. It's going to be one of the biggest what ifs. I think in NFL history, maybe even sports history, just the way that it was built up. You mentioned it, just the the energy that was there. It's just crazy. I can't believe that's how it played out. And you saw it. Like, I don't know if you're watching a Manning cast. You probably weren't because you were at the game. But, like, Peyton Manning was at a loss for words. Like, it was pretty much exactly what everyone was sitting there thinking. Like, I couldn't believe that's how it played out. Like, is he going to play another snap in the NFL? <laughs> like, he's 39 going on 40. By the time he's playing, he's going to be 40 again. You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's a huge what if. It really is, man. It really is. Um, 
it's it's going to be interesting, you know, and and let's get to the question that everyone's asking. You know, obviously, we'll get to Garrett Wilson here in a second. This is the buys and sells episode. We're going to talk about guys that we're looking to acquire potentially for, you know, cheaper price if we can um, and guys we're selling. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest questions of the week is what are we doing with Garrett Wilson? Right. You know, if I'm if I have Garrett Wilson, uh, I'm trying to sell for whatever I can right now. Um, when Garrett Wilson scored that touchdown from Zach Wilson. It wasn't pretty. Like, the ball was a terrible ball. Yeah. It was like the worst back shoulder throw I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but Garrett Wilson did Garrett Wilson things, and he came down with it. And when he did that, he basically saved a lot of fantasy manager seasons because he ended up saving some value and allowing people who want to trade Garrett, Garrett Wilson away to have a nice little nice little fantasy point total when you're trading him away because that right. helps it helps a lot okay if guy was in five points this week you know without that touchdown how many points did he have this week let's see i think it was like 12 or 13 12? right i think is what it was so not, a, not had, a big game by any standard so he had 14.4 fantasy points so without the touchdown would have been like six points no not even yeah it would have been like six seven points so guy wilson you know, would have had six, seven fantasy points, right? In PPR, it wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to sell him. Right yeah. now, you're going to be able to sell him. Okay, Zach, let's play a little game. Let's play a game of who are we okay with selling Garrett Wilson for one for one? Obviously, you could do two for one trades, and you can get better. Blah blah blah. Garrett Wilson plus this guy for a better receiver, sure, whatever. Right. But let's let's play the game. Who would we trade him for? Okay. Let's do so, it. I'm going to pull up some names here. All right. Let's see. Yeah. It's just crazy we're having this, this discussion already. Like, this was supposed to be but it, it's, Garrett it, it's Wilson. Over. Like, but is it is it just me that, you know, are you all, also on the same board? Like, are you trying to get, get rid of Garrett Wilson right now? Like, are you taking any chances here? I think if you, you can hang on to it and say, we have 16, 17 games left in the season. You know, I'd be like, this doesn't have to be worst case scenario, but when you look at where you drafted him probably <laughs> and where he could go <laughs> in terms of his value down the line, you have to capitalize on what's left here. And the beauty of it, like you mentioned, is it's not that low. Like this is still a player that you can sell. You don't have to be a master salesman to get rid of him. There's going to be people out there that want to roll the dice, but I will tell you this. Garrett Wilson was horrific with Zach Wilson at quarterback last year in terms of his fancy points per game. So, I'm not. I remember I, last year. What what were we talking about last year? We were talking about like whenever we were analyzing Garrett Wilson for this year. What do we keep saying? Whenever Garrett Wilson played without Zach Wilson, look at how he did. He did yeah. so good. Look at his split with Joe Flacco. We always had to qualify it. Like we always had to qualify it with. Well, when he didn't play with Zach Wilson, he was killing it. Yeah, but when if he did, you take out the Zach Wilson game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, let's play a game here. All right, who would we trade Garrett Wilson for one for one? Okay, um, a couple of these guys are obvious, right? Devonta Adams, for shell. Yes, pulling the trigger. Chris Olave, for shell. Mm-hmm. Calvin That's Ridley, not going to happen. No one's doing that. <laughs> Keenan Allen, yes. You traded him for Keenan Allen? Yeah, his week was quiet, you know, this yeah, week. But, but I'm you still look at the usage, it's still there. Like we keep harping on this whole yeah. Keenan Allen is Justin Herbert's favorite target that we saw that again in week one. Yeah. Keenan Allen. I'll take him. Okay. Give me Keenan Allen. Uh let's see. Let's see. Who else we got here? Uh Jalen Waddle. Taking Jalen Waddle for him. I'm taking Jalen Waddle. I'll give you yeah, guys the upside. The weekly upside is gonna be there. I mean, I'd rather have a guy that could put up 30 points than a guy that's probably at max putting up like 17 or 18. <laughs> and that's give me Devontae Smith. Give me Devontae Smith. Take my Garrett Wilson. Hmm. I want to say that. Yeah, I think I will. It's a much better <laughs> offense. It's a much better <laughs> offense. See, like this is it's all happening in real time right now. I'm like what do I think of Garrett Wilson? Do I want to buy into the fact that maybe the talent can overcome the situation, but I just don't see it. <laughs> what about guys like DK Metcalf and T Higgins? You doing it? Definitely not T Higgins. Sorry. I'm definitely not T Higgins. T Higgins, huh? I'm the T Higgins hater here. And it's not because he had zero points. It's because 
I've never been a big fan of T. Higgins. How, how about this? How about we do this? T. Higgins had zero points in week one. So how about we aim for we trade away Garrett Wilson, we get T. Higgins plus a little bit. Plus a little bit added to it. Who's a little bit? Is it another receiver? Is Maybe like a Nico Collins or uh how about Elijah Moore? Maybe uh Elijah Moore and uh you know, Elijah Moore is some good usage in week one. Yeah. I okay, like if you if you if you put T. Higgins and an Elijah Moore in T. That Higgins trade, and Elijah Moore you, for Gary Wilson. Yeah, boom. I'm taking that. Okay. Okay. Standard All right. Cool. I just want to see where we're at here. Okay. Um, Debo Samuel plus an Elijah Moore, maybe. I'll do it. I'm doing it. Ah, I don't doing know. It. Doing even, it. Even if you had Ayuk right now, would you trade Ayuk for Garrett Wilson? No. No, we've okay. talked about Ayuk. We've talked about Ayuk, and you know how okay. I know how you feel about Ayuk. I know how I feel about Ayuk. He's he's got excellent opportunity this season to break out, and okay, he sure. showed it in Week One. And I'm like, people will be like, "Oh, well, it was one game with Brandon Ayuk." No, he was doing it with Brock Purdy last year too. You just didn't see a whole lot of it. I mean, <laughs> so this is a good offense. Brandon Ayuk's in a much better situation. I'm not gonna say he's equally as talented as Garrett Wilson, but they can be mentioned in the same sentence. <laughs> so I don't think it's unheard of all right so, you know you know this on the low this kind of hurts Brees hall it hurts dalvin cook you know even though Brees yeah. hall look absolutely Ridiculous. insane yeah but nanas did anybody have a better week one than Brees hall like i forget about volume forget about usage did anybody no Brees Hall was just breaking these runs like no problem, dude. What do you have like yeah. three carries for 120 yards at one point? I mean, <laughs> the ridiculous. dude just was just. But and did you I, see that catch that he made that that dump off? Yeah, from from I think, Zach Wilson can't even do a dump off properly. And <laughs> right. Brees Hall was just like, you know what? Brees Hall made an amazing catch on a dump off, and then Garrett Wilson made the amazing catch on a uh, on a back shoulder. Yeah, this crazy. is crazy. But if, if but it, it does affect their three... value, right? Sorry, what'd you say? It does affect their value, though, right? Yeah, Brees no, 100%. Yeah, this definitely affects their value. I mean, you look at it. If they don't have to worry about a passing game on defense, <laughs> then they're going to key in on the run, and that's just the way it's going to be. And Brees Hall, I trust him. He has upside. I think his performance last night was the most reassuring thing you know, for the Jets' offense. Like, yeah. I think if the Jets' offense goes off a cliff, I think at least Brees Hall can like avoid going with the rest of the team. But... um. Just to go back to your point, like you said, I don't think it was three carries for 120 yards. I think it was three touches because I think at that point he had the 83-yard carry, a 25-yard carry, and then also that reception. I think I that's see. how it went, but I'm not sure. But either way, I, that's what I saw too. He averaged what? 12.7 yards per carry? He ended up with 10 carries, I think, for 127 yards. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about Brees Hall. Did he look healthy? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. He could have taken that 83-yard Run yeah, to the house. If, if, if this was if last year, if he was 100, yeah, exactly. So I'm looking at him as like he's probably at 85, 90 percent right now. Yeah, you saw at the end like of that run, it looked like he had the separation, and then he just kind of slowed down at the end, and it was like, oh, the J.K. Dobbins all over again. He, well, you know, Garrett Wilson was celebrating that, a little but... too early instead of going <laughs> for that block. You know, he, yeah. he was like, oh, he, Breeze is taking to this, taking this to the house. He started putting his hands up and it's like, no, 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 you got to go block that guy. Try to go block that guy. If he blocked that guy, Breeze would have been out. It would have been a touchdown. He would have had a like 20 point game, dude. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, All right. Let's get into some more. Buys. Actually, you know what? There are a couple pieces of news before I hit the buys and sells. A um, couple pieces of news. Kenneth Gainwell, you know, a lot of people are picking up on waivers as they should. But the Eagles play on Thursday night. He has a rib injury. And he might not play. Um, he hasn't. He's missed two straight practices. He missed the. He missed the walkthrough. He might not end up playing this this week. So if you desperately need a running back play for this week, he might not be the running back to add. You might want to go pick up like a Kyron Williams or something like that. By the time you listen to this podcast, it won't even matter. Uh, but right. uh, the point is that if you did end up picking him up, just make sure that you have another option for Thursday night. Okay. Um, and don't say I didn't warn you because I didn't. I did talk about this on my Instagram story. You did on yeah. on Tuesday. Okay, you, you had the okay. you had the timely news, and this is just <laughs> kind of you know touching on it one hundred percent. Just it, letting you just guys a question. Know. Just yeah. question. What do you think about DeAndre Swift for this game? 
Like, what do you expect if Kenneth Gainwell doesn't play? Do you think maybe if, he if has Kenneth Gainwell doesn't boys? play, um, I would start. I would start Swift. You know, as like a flex play, um, with obvious upside, but your expectations have to be super low, right? Because it's like they'll activate. You know, they'll break. They'll play Boston Scott. Boston Scott got the goal line carry by the you know goal line touch by the way. Yeah. You know they'll they'll bring in Rashad Penny. They'll activate him. You know he was a healthy scratching in week one. He'll activate him and give him twenty carries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's what they're gonna, gonna do. Yep. You know. Um. That's so I, I have no career. idea, man. I have no idea. <laughs> Um, even Kenny Gainwell, I want to pick him up, but it's like, who knows how, how much this changes. So, um, and I'm going to pick him up. I, I am going to, you know, you know, I think he's, he's, my, he's my number two or number three, you know, wherever I add this week for a reason, yeah. but you know, it's still, you know, flyer, man. it's the Eagles, yeah. it's the Eagles, but yeah, I would, I would definitely take a flyer on Deandre Swift this week for sure. But you know, he's definitely not the safest play in the world, but if you want some upside, definitely. Definitely. And the Eagles yeah. are going to play better than, than they did in week one against the Vikings. Yeah. It, just yeah. notice, like, I don't know if you noticed, just in general, offense was rough in week yeah. one. Like, yeah. there wasn't a whole Low lot scoring. of high scoring. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you're watching Red Zone. I was watching Red Zone. I was. In the early window, they had like 29 touchdowns across, yeah. I don't know how many games. Like, it was super, some right. super low number. But I they saw had that. more in the late windows on average last year than they had in the early window. And there's usually only half the games in the late window. So it was a weird week because I was looking up and down fancy lines. I was like, wait a minute. How come Tyreek Hill's the only one having a good week here? You know I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt like. Exactly. Tyreek exactly. Hill and then everybody else. I and mean, Brandon Ayuk, sure. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. But when the Cowboys defense is a number three scoring, you know, on the week, yep. that's a problem. Yep. 100%, man. Um, all right, let's see. There, there, there were there was a couple other pieces of news that I want to talk about. Uh, Evan Hull, they placed him. Uh, Colts placed him on IR, which makes you know. I think Deion Jackson, you know, he was super inefficient. Um, you know, you know. I think Zach Moss, with him potentially coming back this week, I think he's a solid waiver wire pickup too. He might be. He might just. He might make it through waivers in a lot of leagues. Um, yeah. Just letting you guys know right now. So by the time you're listening to this, he might be available in your league. Just saying. Okay. Um he's worth a pickup. He's definitely Deion worth a pickup for rough. sure. <laughs> for sure. Um let's see. Um I'm looking around here. Deontay Johnson, that's another piece of news. He was that's the one I was yep. looking for. He's gonna be out for a few weeks. Um Calvin Austin was the direct replacement for him. So the game started out with Deontay, George Pickens on the outside, Allen Robinson as the slot. Um Deontay Johnson goes out. Calvin Calvin Austin was the um, I hope I didn't say Calvin Ridley again, but Calvin Austin was the direct replacement for Deontay, and he ended up getting a pretty high percentage of targets per route run. Um, I was just telling our producer, Mike, uh, about that. 21% targets per route run um, this week, which is which is pretty good. I mean, that ranks that higher high than among... Pickens. Higher than George Pickens. It, it was higher than George Pickens. So George Pickens was only at 15%, um, and Allen Robinson was only at fifteen percent as well. So if you're if you're matching up with Allen Robinson Pickens, come on, bro. Okay. Um let let's 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 start Calvin Austin this week. Why don't we? Why yeah. don't we? Just okay. go for it. It's yeah, gonna be a I better so. game for the Steelers than it was against 49ers. They got I'll, their butt. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Um I think that's really all I had for the news. Um what were there any other injuries that was that were pretty that was pretty significant? I mean, this if week? you consider Greg Dulcich significant, <laughs> like you know, he's out a couple weeks, so maybe Adam yeah. Troutman. I don't know. That's it. Doesn't seem very like we talked about Adam Troutman already. Anthony Richardson, he he had that knee ankle injury, um, but you know, Coach uh, Steichen is saying that he shouldn't miss any games, so that's good news. Um, right. Christian Watson says he has a better chance of playing against the Falcons. Um, Christian Watson is like a sneaky little buy low here this week. Yeah. Why? Why do you think, Zach? Why do you think I said that? Because he hasn't played yet. <laughs> Obviously. He hasn't played yet. And Jordan Love, you know, he didn't look that that bad, right? So if you right. were worried about quarterback play, right, we saw Jordan Love in week one. He didn't look too bad. The offense was able to, to move, right? So, you know, this is not a Zach Wilson situation, that's for sure, right? Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers wasn't the most efficient quarterback last year 
with that thumb injury, right? So Christian Watson could do his thing. Remember, last year he had a hamstring injury too. What happened when he came back from that? So I think, you know, you throw a little offer in for Christian Watson this week and, you know, see what you can get, okay, with him coming off the injury uh, and Romeo Dubs getting two touchdowns last week. Okay. Yeah. That is going to make Christian Watson managers a little nervous, I think, because there were the reports about Romeo Dubs kind of having a connection with Jordan Love, and now suddenly he comes out. He only needs four targets to score two touchdowns. Like, that would make me a little worried. I'm not Sounds like a Christian Watson league. stat line. Yeah. In my one league, in the in our league, actually, I have both Dubs and Watson. So I'm not worried. I have both of them. I'm covered. My bases are covered. But when you're in a league where somebody else has Christian Watson and then Romeo Dubs goes off, that's definitely something to pay attention to. And I think you're absolutely on the money with that. I had Romeo Dubs as a sell high candidate. So it kind of goes hand let's, in hand. Uh, 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 let's that. talk about it, man. Let's talk about let's talk about it. I, I think I think I think you're on the money with that one. Right. So it's just like I like I was saying, and you said it, I just mentioned that he only saw four targets, but two of them went for touchdowns. That is what is going to help you sell him. You know, if he didn't have if he had one touchdown, I don't think it would be as easy of a sale. He has two touchdowns now. Christian Watson's gonna come back. Also, you gotta talk about Luke Musgrave. You know, he had the mm -hmm. highest usage of any Packers pass catcher in week one in terms of snaps and routes run. Jordan Love, like you mentioned, looked good. I'm going to need to see more than one game of a sample size, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in Romeo Dubs' basket when Christian Watson is coming back. And we saw what he did last year. So I get it. Dubs was also on a snap count with that hamstring injury. He was coming off of it, so he didn't see as many snaps. But would you be surprised if Luke Musgrave just turned out to be Green Bay's number two in the offense? Like, I wouldn't. The way they're no. using him. And we know Romeo Dubs. Does he look like he play, he's playing a little bit a little bit better? Yes. Does it look like he has a little bit more chemistry with Jordan Love? Yes. The talent still doesn't jump off the page to me. I'm eyeing up other guys on the buy list. You know, if you could move Romeo Dubs for a guy like a Rashad White, <laughs> I, you're gonna, I think you're going to be in better shape. Because Romeo Dubs, I don't see him being this consistent contributor on a week-to-week -week basis. Will he have weeks where he scores touchdowns? Oh, yeah. But Rashad White's going to give you much more stable production arguably at a more valuable position too, especially if you're sitting there and you're, you're missing J.K. Dobbins now. So like, put that into perspective there. What is the trade-off with this move? Romeo Dubs, this is a guy that wasn't in a whole lot of starting lineups going into this week, and now he has this inflated value. you got to take advantage. I hear that, man. I hear that. Um, I want to talk about a couple of buys. Um, one of them is Nico Collins. Uh, Nico Collins, you can get for really cheap right now. And you can get him. You don't have to trade just for him. He's like that sneaky little piece that you can throw in, in a, as an add-on. But like yep. he's kind of the piece that you're excited about, if you know what I'm saying. Like you'll do a little sneaky, sneaky move there. Like you, you hey, here's what I'll do. I'll be like, hey, um, yeah. hey, can I get a I think I'll take Debo Samuel off your hands. Um, but uh, you know what? To make this trade a little fair. Like, why don't you throw in Nico Collins, too? You know, that's yeah. kind of how I'm thinking about it. Because Nico Collins had a decent week one, fantasy-wise. I think he had 14 PPR fantasy points, right? So that's pretty good. Do people think and trust that that is going to, you know, keep going? I mean, Robert Woods had the same amount of targets, right, yep. as Nico Collins. Right. But what was the difference? The difference here is this. I'm on FantasyLife.com right now, okay, and I'm looking at, their utilization report, which Dwayne McFarlane does a great job of every single week, man. This is this this is legit. Okay. Now, if I'm looking at uh if I'm looking at the Texans and their usage, obviously, you know, target share was very similar between those two guys. But Nico Collins, 26% target share. Okay. But the thing that really stands out, 64% air yards. Okay. So you combine that. With the target share, you're looking at somebody who could potentially put up some numbers this year. He is the clear number one there. Robert Woods getting some targets, but, you know, not getting the air yards, right? So Nico Collins, as you, and you saw it in the stat line, right? That was the difference between their stat lines where Nico Collins had the higher yards per catch. That's what matters here. And I think around the goal line, the red zone, he might be the guy um, that they go to. So Nico Collins is somebody that you don't really have to spend a whole lot to get because once he kind of – if this utilization – stays similar over the next couple of weeks. He's going to have a couple of big weeks or at least decent enough weeks, similar similar to what he did in week one. 
Um, and then he's going to be a hot, lot harder to get. He's not going to be looked at as a just an add-on. He's going to be looked at like a legit wide receiver three. Um, and that's I think that's what you're buying here. So that's what I'm yeah. hoping for with Nico Collins. He was somebody that you know we were looking at late ninth, tenth round. I think he was a great get there, and it looks like that's working out right now. Oh yeah. I mean, you look at just the ambiguity that week one provides is what's going to help you get Nico Collins at a good price right now. You wait, like we talk about, like you can wait and see if it continues, but when that happens, you're also going to be paying a higher price if it happens. So it's like, do you want to wait on that? At this point, he's cheap enough, like you mentioned, where it's going to be inexpensive to take a shot on him anyway. If it doesn't work out, big whoop. What did you trade? Not a whole lot, right? So you can also take advantage with Nico Collins of the fact that, you know, Tank Dell looked good in the preseason, you know, and John Mechie's coming back. So you could be like, all right, this wide receiver room is about to, get, about to get a little bit more crowded. Let me take this guy off your hands, remove the headache that you'll have to worry about with Nico Collins on a weekly basis. You can do that. So, see, part of this is manipulation. It's not all, there's not really a human aspect to this. You just have to be the negotiator at this point. You can do that with Nico Collins. He's one of the easier guys. If you want to talk about solid value to go and get right now, and I'm with you 100% on this. CJ Stroud, you can only get better, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> assuming this doesn't fall apart, Nico Collins had 14 points in a game where they scored nine points on the board. So it's like they start scoring touchdowns. That could be Nico Collins. Yeah, man. And another thing was that Nico Collins was number one in air yard share this week. I, I didn't even realize that. Number one in air yard crunching share. the numbers here now. This like, week. I'm looking. Oh, wow, yeah. As we're doing he is this, a screaming number guy. one in air yard <laughs> share. Number two, AJ Brown. Number three, T. Higgins. Uh, maybe we should buy T. Higgins, too. How about that? Uh, DK Metcalf, number four, and Brandon Ayuk, number five. Okay. Right. So that tells you what you need to know right now. We, we know who T. Higgins is. Okay. Yeah. He's not the guy that we saw in week one. Okay. He's That's going to bounce back. Easy, Do we even have to talk about T. Higgins? Pilot. No. As a buy low, so, no. I have him in my notes. I have the entire Bengals offense on my notes. I don't think anybody that knows fantasy football shouldn't be looking to sell these guys, but I think it's worth a heat check in whatever league you're in to just see if anybody's panicking on them and try to get them. Because, you know, if you can buy T. Higgins low, if you can buy Jamar Chase low, very low chance for that. But like a Joe Mixon too, same thing. You know, everybody had a bad week. I, I have them in as just heat checks right now. And if you can capitalize on that someone panicking that's good good news for you another thing about the texans um this week one they were sneaky in terms of uh pass over expectation so they're passing it at a higher rate which right. is not something I that i was expecting yep. from this team okay so if they're pass first if they're going to be a pass first team all, all year long hey even in neutral situations they're a pass first in this game so it's what you want to see here if you're trying to get Nico Collins, does that we'll see spell how it's a doom? Or a, what, what, what's that? Oh, can it spell does doom? I don't spell, know. Does that spell doom for Damian Pierce? Like, look at the committee I mean, he's in now. If they're listen, if he was playing on passing downs, yeah, maybe. But now it's just like it's interesting. It's not that good. It's like suddenly he's off a cliff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unbelievable, man. All right, who else do you have, a, have as a buy low this week? All right, so this one was sneaky, and you know. The Bills had a really hard time last night against your Jets. Nobody would have been surprised if you told them that before the game that it was going to be a rough game for the Bills on offense. The Jets have a very good defense. They've had the Bills number for a while. And Aaron Rodgers, that drama, it hung over the game. It was heavy. But it actually, I think it might have allowed Dalton Kincaid's performance to slip through the cracks just a little bit last night. Now, is this going to be an immediate payoff addition? Probably not. But... He was heavily utilized. I mean, the Bills ran tons of 12 personnel, which was kind of out of left field. You know, he saw 55 snaps on the night. He got four targets. That was just as many as Dawson Knox. But Josh Allen, he was just like bad. Like besides obvious turnover issues, it was a triple feature of him holding on to the ball too long. He was getting harassed by the Jets offensive, not offensive line, defensive line. And he was just, like I said, taking ill-advised rushing attempts, yeeting himself over linebackers. Like it's, Completely unnecessary. Allen's going to bounce back, and the Bills' offense is going to also. And that has me excited for where Kincaid can be. I mean, it was a quiet box score finish for him, but there's no number two in Buffalo right now. I think that was part of the problem for the for the uh, Bills last night. Dawson Knox has been around. You know, Dalton Kincaid, they drafted him high. Clearly, they're not 
too attached to the idea of Dawson Knox being this guy unless they want to keep running 12 personnel, which either way, if they keep running 12 personnel, they want to have Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid on the field. Good for them. Dalton Kincaid's going to get snaps anyway. And Gabe Davis, he's not reliable enough to qualify as one. Like, he's shown us the past year and a half. I was in on him last year, and he just let me down, and I'm not going to go back on him. So <laughs> the role is open. He's a contender for that role. His usage in the first game suggests that he could grow into that number two role sooner rather than later. He's got the talent profile. There was all good news coming out about him over the offseason. Like, I think you can go buy Dalton Kincaid real cheap right now because he only had, was it six points in PPR? Like, this is a guy that could have fringe top eight value at tight end by the end of the season, if you ask me, as long as the Bills get right on offense, which I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. It was week one. You don't want to overreact. So Dalton Kincaid for me, buy low right now. Nobody is really too attached to him. They probably took him as like an upside flyer, and they're looking at him like, okay, well, Josh Allen just looked terrible, and the Bills didn't score a whole lot of points. He didn't get a lot of targets. Let's just leave him out. I like the usage. I'm piggybacking right off what you're saying, and I'm buying James Cook. James Cook. We're sticking with the Bills. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Bills, man, because this was a rough matchup, number one. And number two, like, he didn't score as many fantasy points as he should have in this game with the amount of work that he got. Now, raw work, it wasn't there. But when you look at what he did in this game, like, he got, like, he was the guy. Like, obviously, Latavius Murray, you saw him on the field here and there. You know, you saw Damian, uh, Damian Harris a little bit. But, dude, like, he was playing the almost a workhorse type of role for the Bills in this game. 61% of snaps. All right. He almost got 70% of the rushing attempts, 50% route participation, 15% target share. And, again, like, the running backs that deserve to – get targets get targets okay you can't tell me that josh Allen doesn't like to target running backs it's because the running backs that he had just weren't good in this game 24 percent targets per route run for james cook that literally lined up with the number that he had last year and it was completely opposite of what devin singletary had even though devin singletary ran one of the highest routes just in general in the entire league last year but he wasn't getting targeted James Cook now, 50% route participation and 15% target share as a running back. Okay, that's what you want. If you watch the game, you saw there were designed pass plays with James Cook as basically the first read. Okay, Um, so, you know, that's what you want to see, man. So James Cook, he didn't score. All right, he only scored 10 PPR fantasy points. I think I don't think that a lot of people are viewing him as an RB2. But James Cook utilization in this game was that of an RB2. So if right. you need one, you can go buy one. Okay. I have another RB2 that I think you can buy that you might not look at as an RB2. You know, low-end RB2. Okay. But the utilization is there. And I think a lot of people – yeah, go ahead, Zach. I think you had something to say. Yeah, I was going to say something about Bills. I don't know if we're moving on to the next running back, but I just wanted to throw this in too. Yeah. Sure. All those turnovers that Josh Allen had cut four drives short. They had zero goal line attempts for any running back. They didn't even have a chance to really get in there and have James Cook potentially get that. So, like, you talk about, oh, well, the production doesn't match the usage. There could have been a lot more if those drives didn't end early. Like, who was the guy that was picking off all those passes? It was Whitehead, right? What's his first name? Jordan Whitehead, baby. Jordan Whitehead, yeah. Jordan Whitehead, number three. He met that – he met that – that – Threshold. Yeah, he had an incentive in his contract. For the incentive, yeah. He yep. got that. That was great. That's that's just a hilarious Isn't it awesome, note. dude? He had an incentive for three interceptions for the season, and he gets it all in his first game. This guy you, was Josh a box Allen. safety, by the way. A box right. safety. Just turned into our free safety. Three interceptions <laughs> against Josh Allen. Like, come on. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. So talking side about. Note. Side now, note. Dude, that got the crowd back into it, man. When he was intercepting all his passes, dude, like that's what really got the crowd back into it after the Aaron Rodgers thing. Really, like right. that, it was him. It was him who did it, which is it was it was crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, you know, I got exci- I get excited about my next running back though, <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, Zach. I I, I, I knew you had you probably had something to say, and you did, and I just like I was kept I I was excited because this is it kind of falls into the same category, um, yeah, of a running back that I think that nobody really liked 
Nobody wants to buy him. And this might seem gross, but I'm buying Rashad White here. Rashad White, everybody thinks that Sean Tucker, I, I don't know what the allure is with Sean Tucker. I really, really don't. I, I, I don't get it. But it's not like he looked particularly great in this game. They both didn't have like high yards per carry or anything in this game. Minnesota, you know, last year, they weren't the easiest team to run on. Okay, so this is not like a situation where, you know, they should have like, you know, just killed it. Yes, Rashad White did not have an efficient year last year, but I don't think this is a situation where Sean Tucker is, you know, looming in and has a chance of dethroning Rashad White as the RB1. I mean, the usage was insane for Rashad White, okay? 79% of snaps, okay? He ran around on 55% of dropbacks, okay? I think he's going to be targeted more, you know, going forward. This is going to be this is a this is was a sneaky decent offense in week 1. Like they really weren't that bad at all. So, right. you know, if that's going to be the case, like they're going to be an average offense, that's fine. But Sean Tucker was only on the field for 15% of snaps. He only had 17% of the rushing attempts, right? Um, yes, he got the same number of targets as Rashad White, but he only played, uh, he, he only had an 11% route percentage. Okay, so he's not going to really be on the field in those situations. It's really Rashad White here. Um, so if you're looking at the two-minute snaps too, you'd think that you know Chase Edmonds might have got that. We talked about that a little bit. No, Rashad White, 100% of the two-minute snaps. Rashad White, getting every single passing down snap too, almost every single one, 87%. Okay, so basically the usage is there. The performance was terrible, but I'm buying, not because, you know, I'm buying because he's going to be super cheap. Like, he didn't do anything week one. Like, how much did this dude, like, what did he, I know he didn't do well in fantasy. Six Six point nine PPR fantasy points. Like, they ain't going to do it. And whoever has him is tight. If they drop, if they if they started him in week one, so I'm gonna swoop yeah. in, I'm gonna swoop in, and uh, I'm gonna take him off their hands uh, for maybe an RB three price tag, flex price tag, you know, and I'll throw him right in my right back in my lineup for this week, because right. especially in full PPR, because he was actually a little underutilized in the receiving game. That's where his strength is. So I think that there is a chance that he gets more, you know, he gets utilized a little bit more in the receiving game moving forward. And I think it's going to come. And I don't think Sean Tucker is a threat right now. I really don't. Right. And why was he underutilized in the receiving game? Probably because they had good matchups on the outside with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans took advantage of that. You have Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I wasn't expecting the game to go the way it did. <laughs> you know, we can just touch on that for a second because like, I didn't think the Buccaneers were going to have any type of fancy relevant offense. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of dump offs to Rashad White. That wasn't the case. But the Vikings are the Vikings. And that was an interesting game for them. So tough to take much away from that. But I will say that I agree. You know, Rashad White, it's a performance that you're going to be able to buy very easily on. And I don't know who you would trade for Rashad White. Like, would you go with a running back or would you try to move wide receivers? Obviously, it depends. I'll probably try to move like a wide receiver if I can, you know, Um, you know, depending on what I need. Like I mentioned, I mentioned Rashad White when I was talking about Romeo Dobbs. Like him and maybe another piece. Like, I don't know. At this point, people probably drafted Rashad Romeo Dubs for him straight up. That's what I mean. There's some people who need wide receiver. They'll probably take Romeo Dubs off your hands, no problem. There's people that need wide receiver. There's people that drafted Rashad White probably to be their wide receiver too. And they thought, okay, I got a solid 10, 12 point floor here. He comes in with a six in the first week. They're probably thinking, like, uh oh, I got to figure this out. And if if I can get a receiver, like, say, they might have even had him in their flex spot. They might look at Romeo Dubs and be like, I'd rather have Dubs in the flex spot than Rashad White. Take mm-hmm. him. Like, you can flip that very easily. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. Rashad White, definitely a strong buy candidate. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking down the list here, right? And I'm looking at guys that, you know, might have been rostered this week that you could potentially flip for him. Darnell Mooney, if you have him on your roster, he scored a touchdown in this game, 15 fantasy points. Can you flip him for Rashad White? Eh, maybe not. Maybe you got to add a little bit on. You know, I'm okay with that. Um, right. Look at that list even more. Cortland Sutton. I'll flip Cortland Sutton right now. Jerry Judy's going to be coming back soon. I'll flip Cortland Sutton for Rashad White if I can. You Especially know, that, if that, Russell that, Wilson is going to be throwing to Brandon Johnson. 
<laughs> I know, dude. Absolutely terrible. But you know, you you, you kind of get the point. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to be putting a post out tomorrow or today, actually, when you when you listen to this, where you know we're going to be doing some sample trades for some of these guys. Okay, so, so you'll kind of see what I'm talking about there. Um, but he's somebody that I think you know you don't have to pay that much for, and you you can you can get him on your roster. Um, all right, who else do you have, man? Are, are there any cells that you have? Oh yeah, for this week I got cells. I mean, obviously I went through Romeo Dobbs, but there's another guy that I'm looking at, and I think you know kind of went under the radar, and he had a semi-solid performance. But I, I'm just not a fan of what the prospects of his prospects for the future, you know, outside these next couple of weeks. I'm looking at Raheem Mostert with the Dolphins. Now, I know right now it's just Raheem Mostert, but Tua threw for 466 yards, three touchdowns, and an offensive shootout. With the Chargers, that saw Miami just lean heavy on the pass game. That's all it was. And that formula worked for them, and they're going to continue to do that. And by some miracle, Raheem Mostert put up 13 PPR points and scored a touchdown in a game where Tyreek Hill had 250 yard, 215 yards and two touchdowns of his own. Like That pushed him into sell-high territory in my book 100% because you're not going to be able to move him or realistically flip him for a solid you know, player in a couple weeks. Like I'm looking... Long term, not even long term, like medium term. Jeff Wilson's going to come back. Devon A. Chain, he was a healthy scratch, I think, this week. He didn't play. He could come back and be part of the lineup. Like, there's not going to be a Raheem Mostert RB1 type movement going on, I think, in a couple weeks from now. So I'm looking at this like we can sell now and take advantage of it. You're not going to be able to pull off some miraculous one for one with Mostert, but you could package Mostert up with another receiver and go get somebody. The guy that lost J.K. Dobbins, I keep using this as the example. The guy that lost J.K. Dobbins probably needs a running back. Raheem Mostert right now looks like a good quick fix because he had that strong game with the Dolphins. Could you move Mostert and some other you know piece, that little add-on, for a guy like Tyler Lockett, who had a terrible week? Maybe, because the Seahawks didn't look that good. Brandon Cooks, you could maybe go get him. <laughs> it was a tough week for him. Like, I'm not going to say Amari Cooper. You'd have to move more than that. You, Mostert can be part of a deal for him, that kind of thing. That's aiming high, obviously. But these aren't even going to be in the conversation in like two or three weeks once Jeff Wilson comes back. So I'm just looking at it as take advantage of the early season panic. You can use Raheem Mostert however you want. But he actually has value behind his name right now. So I would capitalize on that. Yeah, one thing I will say is that I don't know and I have my doubts about Jeff Wilson coming back week five. Um, I, I don't know the, the severity of that situation. And the way that Mike McDaniels spoke about that situation didn't seem great. He said, yeah, you know, I think he'll be back at some point this year with Jeff Wilson. And I'm just like, um, that doesn't seem great. Now, can Raheem Mostert hold up the entire year? Now, if they only give him 10 carries like they did in this game, then he can, you know. So yeah. that's the question with Raheem Mostert. Um, and it, but I do agree that someone who lost J.K. Dobbins, though, is looking for that quick fix. Somebody who has Jameer Gibbs is looking for that quick fix if they don't trust Gibbs just yet, right? Which so <laughs> in those situations, I would be targeting those players for you know with Raheem Mostert as a quick fix for their for their needs at the moment, right? So I think everyone's looking for that, like, hey, when I start week two, Raheem Mostert, you can start week two. Um, and people would feel relatively confident, even though he didn't absolutely kill it in week one. People feel relatively confident to start him because he's on a very good offense. And, you know, he's like the guy right now because, you know, the rookie, Devon A. Chain, was a, was, a, was, was a healthy scratch, pretty much. He was practicing yeah. in full, you know, so he was a healthy scratch in this game. So Raheem Mostert's the guy. At the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be ranking him as an RB2 this week, you know, and a lot of people will. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, will you be ranking uh, him as an RB2 a couple weeks from now? That's my concern. And that's the question. I get it. Jeff yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, those comments don't inspire a whole lot of, you know, optimism for me either. But I'm just looking at it as if this is the way the offense is going to run, I don't see Raheem Mostert suddenly taking over and making this a run first offense any given week. 
So. Yeah, and and Raheem Mostert's not like the type of guy where you're like, oh yeah, I trust him to stick with me the entire year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like the rock it's, it's... with Raheem Mostert. How many times <laughs> did we make that reference? Like the 31 year old that can't stay on the field. How many times did we say yeah. that this offseason? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, now we we mentioned. Uh, I won't go too bit deep on it, but we mentioned Tyler Algier yesterday, um, and yep. his role. Um, and this is you know, a, in my opinion, it's like a clear sell situation. For Tyler Algier, um, yep. you know, he did get more carries than Ramondre. I, I'm sorry, he did get more carries than Bijan. He did get the goal line carries over Bijan, but Bijan ran a route on like what 75% of dropbacks. Was it more than that? I think it was more than that. Um, yeah. in this game, I mean, 33% um, target share. Like, come on, <laughs> target share. Bijan led, led them in target share. Is Tyler Algier going to get that many targets, you know, in coming weeks? Is he going to continue to be the goal line guy over Bijan all year long? I doubt it. Um, you know, at least they're going to split it, right? Um, and then on top of that, you know, Bijan's going to get more work as the season goes on. Okay. Yep. Drake London's going to start getting involved. Kyle Pitts is going to start getting involved. Hopefully, we think. We think. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Um. So I I think that might that that might that is definitely not the strongest part of this argument. By the way, like Drake London right. and Kyle Pitts are going to get involved. <laughs> who the <laughs> fuck knows? Um, no. But. But to be honest with you, man, I think, you know, Bijan's going to just get more involved in this offense. I think this could be, this seems to me like Tyler LG's peak, right? Where he's getting the most work oh, yeah. right now. And as Bijan ramps up a little bit as a rookie, you know, it kind of starts tapering off a little bit for Algier and then, you know, moving up for, for Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Holding on to Algier at this point, I'm not saying you have to sell him or you have to get rid of him, you have to start him. But like just having Algier, especially. You know, with Bijan playing the way he is, like it's actively choosing to have the lower ceiling for your team because at the end of the day, like you said, if Bijan Robinson's workload goes up, which it will, this is a running back we're talking about in an Arthur Smith system, like Tyler Algier's value is going to go down. And it's just going to keep going down. So you can move him now and go get somebody that's going to contribute long term. Where I'm not saying Tyler Algier is going to be unstartable, but like you mentioned, this is his peak. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more weeks where Tyler Algier is on the field more than B. John Robinson at the goal line. Like that yeah. would just be ridiculous. If we're if we get to week three or four, five, and B. John Robinson's still playing behind Tyler Algier at the goal line, then it's just coaching malpractice once again with Arthur Smith. And then we can just like stop targeting Falcons players. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I think at that as point, long as Arthur I don't think Smith's we're gonna the... get that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we're gonna I, get to that point. Arthur Smith has used Derrick Henry as a workhorse in the past. Okay. So we have some precedent here, um, but 50, 50 snaps is not going to happen anymore. Okay. Like it's not going to yeah. happen for too much longer. I should say, um, do you realistically think it's going to stay that way? It's like, no. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, I did mention, I did mention Elijah Moore already. And I, uh, you know, I did yep. talk about him a lot, but I do want to say that because of the fact that he didn't have to play a whole lot, in the fourth quarter, the final numbers aren't as good, you know, as it really was. Okay. So when you, when you do look at the final numbers, you're like, Oh, it was actually pretty good. And it was 23% target share. That was higher than Amari Cooper. Okay. Uh, air yard share, 24%, the same as Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, this is a situation where I think, that if we think that, and Deshaun Watson looked decent in this game, okay? Yep. It was a messy game, right? But if we think Deshaun Watson is going to take the next level, uh, you know, if we, if we think Deshaun Watson is going to take the next step, I think Elijah Moore is is there right now. I really do. Yeah. Dwayne McFarlane over at Fantasy Life, uh, he actually pointed this out, right? Obviously not too many fantasy points, but if we remove the fourth quarter, in this game, um, since they, they arrested a lot of their guys, 87% route participation, 27% target share, and then he got a bunch of he, – he got a few uh, rushing Carry. attempts as well, right? So yep. that's legit, man. If you're getting a 27% target share with Amari Cooper on the team, that says something, right? And he also points out is that we have some precedent here, right, with the fact that he put up wide receiver one numbers in his rookie year towards the end of his year. That was with 
some subpar quarterback play, right? So this is a good role for Elijah. This is a good role for Elijah Moore. Um, I've gotten questions this week. Hey, should I cut Elijah Moore? Should I drop <laughs> That's him for you know X, Y, and Z player? And I'm just like, guys, priority drop- hold Elijah Moore. Okay, the usage yeah. was really, really good this week. And the fact that it's not apparent to most people, that means that you can buy him at a serious discount right now, and I would do that. Yeah. Should I drop Elijah Moore for Tutu Atwell? Maybe. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> Absolutely Don't not. drop Elijah Moore for Tutu Atwell. And I know that somebody's <laughs> watching this who's like, fuck. Somebody's God. already done it. They're going to wake up. The waivers it. will have cleared at like 3 or 4 in the morning. <laughs> They'll listen to this at six no! on their commute. It, that's going to be yeah. hilarious, man. That's got to yeah. be tough. But yeah, Elijah Moore, 100%. You talk about the usage that he got. Like, there was no reason for them to play in the fourth quarter, and they didn't. Like, Deshaun Watson, you looked at him. He looked better than he did last season. Like, he definitely didn't take a step back. He's not there yet, 100%. But that's fine. Tough weather. I, it'll get better. So, Elijah Moore, 100%. He's going to be the number two target in the offense. I don't care what anybody else says. Or number one. And that's what I'm saying. Okay. You could throw that out there. We'll see. Amari Cooper was a we'll little see. banged up here. I would say that there, there's, there's a small window. There's a chance. I'm just saying there's, there's a chance. There's like a crack in the window. And that's all I'm saying. You'd I have would to give fit it through a, that crack. I would give it a 15% chance. That Elijah Moore gets a higher target share than Mario Cooper this year, fifteen percent. Maybe because okay. of the nature of the way they're they'll be used, Elijah yeah. Moore isn't going to be yes, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that would be the route. I think Amari Cooper is like still going to have higher average versus, depth of target. Kind of like yeah. a Debo versus Ayuk thing, where yep. Debo is Elijah. That and okay. Ayuk that I can see Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Okay, cool. Kind of on the same page there. All right. Okay, okay. then fifteen percent makes sense. All right. <laughs> I want to hear another buy from you, Zach. Let's get it. Another buy from me. Sorry, I didn't have to pull up my notes because I was looking <laughs> do, at. Do you other have any stats. more buys? I I had one. Like I don't know. Is Jameer Gibbs too obvious? <laughs> like, do we want to go? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about I, I think we Gibbs should. Then? You look yeah, at. I think so too. So it's funny because pulling stats right now is hilarious because you'll put in your your uh, thresholds that you have to meet, like your qualifiers, and it's yep. among running backs with five plus carries. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> First and missed tackles, force per attempt. Third and yards after contact per attempt. Just some stats throughout there immediately. You saw that. You don't have to look at these stats to know that he was making guys miss. I mean, he yeah. had, was it seven carries? And six mm-hmm. missed tackles force on those carries. It's just ridiculous. Like, Gibbs and Montgomery, they, I'll, I'll, okay, I'm going to go hand in hand here. Gibbs and Montgomery. Gibbs is the buy. Montgomery's the sell. This one's probably obvious, but it's weird because... I had questions, too, coming in. I know I talked to Tyler. He had questions coming in. I don't know if you've gotten questions about Jameer Gibbs. They're like, well, I'd like to trade away Jameer Gibbs. What can I get for him after week one? Right. It's like, come on. That. Like, Did you look? Did you watch the game? Maybe these are the people that don't watch football. They're just like, oh, I'm going to look at the box score and make my decisions off of that. Like, Jameer Gibbs is a weapon. <laughs> like, do we really think this is going to be a split the rest of the way when Gibbs looked as good as he did on Thursday? I didn't think that would be the case, but it is. If the guy that has Gibbs in your league is panicking, go get him pronto. It's just, it was a light workload, but the Lions said it was by design. He made dudes look silly. That's going to go up now. There's no way that the Lions don't do this. They drafted him high. They love him. And they said his workload was intentionally low. Like, what more could you ask for? They didn't say that ever with DeAndre Swift. Let me just go back to that. Because DeAndre Swift, remember, we were calling for that extra workload. They wouldn't give it to him. They just said the workload was intentionally low with Jameer Gibbs the sooner they ramp that up the better but you have to imagine like if that's the case and we saw what we did from him on Thursday he has to be up to 100% or very close to 100% of the workload that they envisioned for him by week four is the latest right like go get him now because eight points in the box score looks terrible and it seems like people are buying into that way more than I thought they would like they're not looking at the underlying usage here because when he was on the field he was just ridiculous. Yeah, man, uh, I'm a I'm a big fan, and I, and just watching him, you know, he's gonna get more touches, even if his coach didn't say anything. And guess what? His coach did say something. 
Okay. Yeah. Yards after contact, number one. Okay. Like 60 yards on what? Nine touches? How many touches? Nine touches total. He had seven carries. Nine touches. Nine touches, 60 yards, guys, in week, in his first game as a rookie. Okay. Like he's going to be so, so good. So buy him up. Okay. Rap participation, you know, it's going to be there. The targets are going to be there. He's just going to be a weapon. Okay, so buy him now. Don't worry if you have him. You know, what you what I saw this week was more encouraging than discouraging in week one for his yeah. fantasy value for the season. Okay, I Could rather have been better. Yes, but <laughs> I rather this Zach. Honestly, I rather have seen what I saw with him breaking those tackles and looking as good as he did on nine touches than if he had fifteen touches and he looked like shit. Well, of course, because it was his first game. <laughs> of course, in the NFL. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm not gonna so, say Dave Montgomery looked like shit, but I will say that he didn't look anywhere near as dynamic as Jameer Gibbs. And if that's what Jameer Gibbs turned in, even if he got 20 carries, I'd be like, mm, this right. isn't what I wanted to see. You know what I mean? Exactly. But you see the second gear, the acceleration is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he catches pass out of the backfield. And... Yeah, guys can't bring him down. What does that remind you of? Like, he's like a little Alton Kamara here. You know, a little Tony remember Paul. Alvin Kamara when the Sorry. way that he was no, bouncing off tackles when he joined the league. <laughs> that's what reminds me of man. It really does. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I just wanted to, you know, if you're looking for like a high end running back to buy, I was looking at Ramondre. You know, yep. Ramondre as, as somebody who I think that you know I think Zeke got way too many touches. <laughs> you know, in in week one, I I don't think that's going to happen moving forward. You know, obviously Ramondre, you know, he missed practice on Friday. He had the illness coming into the game. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, he is going to be like the guy in this backfield. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, you know, like the usage was there. Like he had 74% of snaps, but then the touches were like almost equal, right? He had the same number. I think they had the same number of of targets or similar number of targets in this game. Um, but Ramondre had a 60% rap participation. Okay. Um, yeah, now, that was he did, a, did, did get a goal line snap, but like, there was a bunch of plays where they were like third and short and, you know, basically like the, um, you know, second and shorts and that sort of thing. Ramondre is on the field for all of them. So I think there's going to be situations where, you know, he's on the field for those in those goal line situations. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think Ramondre is going to get his, and I think he's somebody that you could buy right now with people looking at the box score and looking at a similar number of opportunities for, for these guys. Um, you know, this was a little bit of a weird game. Um, and I Very think weird. that Ramondre is going to get a lot more work moving forward. I, th- I don't think Zeke is that guy. I, I didn't see Zeke lose a fumble in this game too. Not mistaken. Oh yeah, classic so, Zeke. <laughs> Flashbacks to twenty twenty. One one other guy. Quick before we finish up, sure, I'm sure, looking at now another high end running back guy that maybe you're probably not going to get him, but definitely doing a heat check here. Josh Jacobs, very very low fantasy points total. That's a good one. But he like had one incredible usage just like we yes. saw last season 19 carries three targets he's played majority of the snaps like he's running routes josh jacobs is a guy maybe you can get him because you look at the offense it's like wow well they put up was it 17 points yeah so they put up 17 total points on offense and two of the touchdowns went to jacoby myers not even Devonta adams they'd be like wow this is this offense is gonna be all over the place josh jacobs put up eight points for me this week i don't want any piece of him like, let's go move him for someone else. Definitely check in on him because <laughs> it's another one of those cases, and we've been saying it pretty much this whole episode. The box score does not match utilization, but this one is very obvious where, you know, Josh Jacobs, he's getting utilization. He just didn't look right, and that could be from a holdout. You know, he could ramp up throughout the rest of the season, look better. He averaged 2.5 yards per carry, which was gross, but that's going to go up. So just check on Josh Jacobs is available availability 100% right now agree 100% agree that's a great call um he's like probably the best high end running back one that you can buy right now um right. he had one of the best usages of any running back this week just didn't get it done uh you know production wise right. but the usage was there i love that call all right guys i think that's going to do it for this episode um if you want to check out the rankings for week 3 it's going to be up on wednesday uh, upperhandfantasy.com you can go check us out there um we have a bunch of resources now on the new website, guys. Go check it out. Um, you know, we have waiver. I added a waiver wire post every that's going to drop every Tuesday with fab, uh, you know, fab recommendations. 
right? That, that's going to help you, you know, get some bidding right if you're wondering how much you should spend on certain guys. Um, there's a lot going on on the website now, articles, uh, stats, analytics, rankings, of course. So go check that out, upperhandfantasy.com. Uh, also, if you, you know, obviously we can't do, you know, underdog drafts anymore. Kind of miss it, to be honest with you. I kind of just miss having, you know, being able to do a draft whenever I can. You still can. They have the weekly drafts. Uh, yeah. But make sure to go check out the underdog pickums. okay? Underdog is doing something special for this season. Uh, and that's if you're a new user for underdog and you want to do those pickums and win some money, not only are they doubling your first deposit if you use the code upper hand, you know, up to $100. So if you do deposit, you know, 50 bucks, you get an extra 50 bucks to play with. If you deposit 100 bucks, you get an extra 100 bucks to play with. It is a $10 minimum only um, if you don't want to put in too much. But not only are they doubling the deposits, but they're also giving a free mystery pick uh, for every new user. Okay. So if you're, it, it, you know, if you get five picks right, you're 20 extra money. Okay, so if you put in five bucks into an entry, you get 200 bucks. And one of those entries is already taken care of with that free pick. All right. So it's 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 a lot of free money here and some free plays here. So go check them out. Uh, underdogfantasy.com. Use the code upper hand uh, or check the link in the description here of the podcast. Um, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow and uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking about some matchups for week three. I'm sorry, we two. We're not there yet. We two. We two. Almost yep. there. Don't All rush right, guys, take it easy. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Later, guys. <laughs>